now, look around. Symbols of hatred and justice all around. Look at that one. You see that one right there, right there? Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world, with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio, when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment, wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds.
do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Um, oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy, and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m., but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, yeah. you got it. I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit 
Thing called. It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Thank you for listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val, but of course, uh, Women's Magazine is a show that's been dedicated to uh, having women feminist perspective uh, that runs on KPFA 94.1 FM every Monday from two from 1 to 2 p.m. You can also listen on KPFA.org. I am one of their contributors, but I the lucky lady that I am, Uh, get to be here at Mutiny Radio here in San Francisco every Friday as an outpost uh, for um, a woman's voice. And so uh, if you've been listening to the show all these past few years, I want to thank you so much. Um, And of course, I also want to know what you think. And if you have a mission, cause, project, insight, poetry, uh, music that you'd like to share and that we'd like to share on this show here, Women's Magazine at Mutiny Radio, uh, please uh, get in contact with me. Uh, You can send an email to globalvalsf at gmail.com. That's G-L-O-B-A-L-V-A-L-S-F at gmail.com. And let me know. Um, This is a community station, and we're here to provide a free speech platform for artists, activists, and uh, all cool folk who may be coming through this part of the planet. We're happy to be streaming around the planet on the internet on mutinyradio.fm, live from the Mission District of San Francisco, my hometown. And if you'd like to support Mutiny Radio... Uh, feel free to do so. We are um, underwritten by Media Alliance, which is a 501c3. Um, they are our 501c3 sponsors. So if you'd like to make a donation, a tax-deductible donation to Mutiny Radio, please get in contact with Media Alliance here in San Francisco and uh, get a tax write-off. Oh my God, is it tax season again? What's up with that? Anyhow, um, <laughs> can't we can't we use money for good things in our community instead of... G- like blowing up the, um, pardon the 
pardon the phrasing, the military budget, um, just, you know, so we can sell, sell more arms to uh, rogue governments around the world. Because that's pretty much what happens these days. And uh, we're seeing a rather rogue administration ramping up to walk into the White House. Um, a, a lot of uh, industry insiders. We've got uh, Rex Tillerson, who is the uh, CEO of ExxonMobil, who's slated to become the Secretary of State, which is very convenient for him because he was making deals with Russia uh, for oil drilling that previously the State Department, you know, said you can't do that. Um, that is in conflict of interest uh, with the State Department. So now uh, he's the person who's been tapped to lead the State Department. So uh, it looks like he might be getting his way. So we've got a lot of uh, dirty business to attend to in 2017. But of course, we also have a lot of good things to work towards and a lot of great people to uh, work together with and to celebrate. Um, so thanks again for tuning into Women's Magazine and for listening to Mutiny Radio. And uh, I'm just going to play a little music right now and I'll be back in a few minutes or a couple minutes rather. I'm going to have a call coming in from Feather, who's a, a sister friend and has been out in North Dakota at the Standing Rock Sioux Water Protector Protest Camp at the Oseti Sakowin Camp. She's been calling in this past several weeks to the Common Thread Collective, which is the show right after this one. And she's going to be calling a little bit earlier today. So um, I'm going to play a little music and I'm going to wait for her call and I'll be right back. This is a little music from a musician who plays around in San Francisco, Santi Anjou. He is originally from Spain, um, but uh, he you might catch him at Revolution Cafe. You might see him uh, busking in the BART station. Um, but he's a cool dude with a good sound, and he, was, uh, he came into the station a couple weeks ago, gave me his CD. So that's what we like to do here. We like to promote uh, local... Uh, international <laughs> musicians, uh, people who want to be heard. And also, if you want to be heard, if you're ever thinking like, wow, that's really cool that Val has a show every Friday or actually does two shows and does Diamond Dave or Roman with the Weekly Review has a show or Pamtastic has, has her comedy show, and you're thinking, I'd like to have a radio show. Well, you can have a radio show. You are welcome to join Mutiny Radio. We're a community collective here. Uh, you can get trained on our equipment, and you can... Um, you can have your own show. So uh, if you want to get in touch with us here, um, please do. The phone number here at the station is 415-550-0511. Again, that's 415-550-0511 if you want to call and try to get some more information about that. Of course, you should always, if you're into that kind of thing, check on Facebook, Mutiny Radio, and you'll see our uh, our our logo, our our emblem, it kind of shifts seasonally. We get some new artists to uh, render our 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 flyers and and art for the, for the station. Uh, you'll see Mutiny Radio currently. We're there on Facebook. It's a it's a red background, and you see a kind of a big pirate ship and a microphone coming coming out of the out of the chop. So. Please, if you're sitting there thinking, I'd like to have a radio show, you can. So please come and join us, join our community, and we'd be happy to uh, welcome you, train you, and let your voice be heard. Uh, play your friend's music, play your own music, and uh, whatever you want to do. This is Free Speech Radio. Here's some music for you from Santi Anjou from his album Zurich. Y remolinos de intereses Siempre que valga la pena Siempre que aporte Mi voz irá contigo Cuando no quede nada Pa' mí todo esto es como si lo hubiera vivido 
La calavera de tus huesos Soy parte de tu cuerpo Soy casi tu dueño Guardas tantas emociones Deja que intuya por favor Tan confundida estás Que no atiendes a razones Si puedo pinto tu color Y te diré Que no hay motivo ninguno Despacito al oído Soy como el ángel del olvido Para mí todo esto es como si lo hubiera vivido La calavera de tus huesos Soy parte de tu cuerpo Soy casi tu dueño Te dejan vivir los celos Y paras el tiempo sin razón Los días son de miel Un regalo de los cielos Lejos quedó ese nubarrón Cada vez que he estado lejos del viento sin ti, sí, pero no me arrepiento. Soy como el ángel del olvido, para mí todo esto es como si lo hubiera vivido. La calavera de tus huesos, soy parte de tu cuerpo, casi tu dueño. Soy como el ángel del olvido, para mí todo esto es como si lo hubiera vivido. La calavera de tus huesos, soy parte de tu cuerpo, casi tu dueño.
are listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val, and I'm happy to have on the phone with me today um, our friend Feather, who has been out at the Oseti Sakuin camp, the Standing Rock Sioux uh, Water Protector Camp, um, for the past couple of months. Hi, Feather. Welcome. Thank you. Hello to you. Yeah, it's great to hear you. You sound so chipper. I don't. How how can you sound so chipper when I know how cold it is over there? <laughs> well, I'm pretty cozy and warm, and, and and a lot of us are. As a matter of fact, the last uh, blizzard we had that was very intense, not one person uh, got hypothermia. We are um, settled into winter camps, and a lot of we have over forty years, and they are really terrific. Um, and um, they are wonderful for blocking the wind and really good natural insulation. So the, the yurts have been a, a really terrific um, shelter and a little more challenging with the teepees. And we also have large army tents with wood stoves in them. And some of them have wooden floors. And we have several community um, centers for folks uh, who need to come in from the cold and and uh, lay down their bedding in the tent, and um, that's a great place also for meetings during the day. We have several centers like that. We have one uh, that's a, a woman's camp, wonderful. We have a terrific uh, medic and healing area, um, All the, and many yurts in there. There's about seven or eight yurts in there, one of them that um, I donated for the use of the uh, one-on-one counseling with trauma victims. Um, and that's been a wonderful place. We have terrific people there who are uh, very professional. We have um, MDs, we have doctors, we have uh, EMTs, we have registered nurses, we have all kinds of therapists. And are um, they and and the folks who are um, administering those services have they come from other places? Do you have local um, local people there oh, as yeah, well? Yeah, they come from other places. Yes. Um, well. Um, some of them are from my hometown in Missoula, and um, Dr. <clears throat> Howard is just fantastic, man. Um, <clears throat> right after Thanksgiving, he, he came to uh, help out for a couple weeks, and <clears throat> excuse me, he's um, a doctor and also has been a professor of public health at University of Illinois, and he has treated the homeless in Chicago for 50 years. So he is an expert on hypothermia and prevention of hypothermia. Wow, what an asset to the camp. Oh, just terrific, just great. And and when we met, he was he was concerned because he tried to get into the main camp and it was um, it was the night after the concert with Bonnie Raitt and Jackson Brown. It was a Sunday after Thanksgiving and I just got back into camp myself. I did a quick a uh, 1,400-mile run um, to Missoula and back to see my kids and uh, got in that, that afternoon. But then that and we had a huge exodus. There were 10,000 people here, I, I would say, easily over the Thanksgiving weekend. And a huge exodus late that afternoon of folks heading back, which was wonderful because when the blizzard hit that night, it was ferocious. Wow. And the, and the big steep hill getting down into main camp just was, you know, like pure... Ice, and there was a big pile up and other wrecks and people off the road. Uh, one person did break an arm, um, and that was about the extent. And then that night also three people were transported with moderate hypothermia to Bismarck. But other than that, we haven't had, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of accidents related to the cold weather. Uh, people are getting pretty well prepared in Organic Valley. Uh, have just donated 100 pairs of high-quality <clears throat> Yak Track Pros, and they are the best ones that I've found. <clears throat> so, um, are those just boots? Yesterday, what what did they, they do? Like, are they boots? They're, ti- they're tire chains. Oh, tire know. chains. Sorry, I'm, I'm total California coastal girl. I don't know anything about tire chains. <laughs> tire chains for your hiking boots. Ah, wow. They're and they have uh, uh, wire coils on the bottom, very sturdy wire coils, and they give you traction on ice, on slick ice, and you can walk right on the ice with them. They're fantastic. There's a lot of different 
kinds, and some of them are like football cleats with a little pokey things in them. Yeah. But these are actual wire, and they're very comfortable. They go right over your boot, and there's a strap across the top so that if they start to come loose or the front, the toe or the heel start to come off, you will not lose them entirely because you have that Velcro strap across the top. And um, I helped a woman who was, like, sliding off, and this was not here, but it was in Salmon, Idaho, and uh, a hike I was on, and she didn't have good um, traction coming back out of these hot springs, um, one of my favorite hot springs there, and she was, like, screaming and sliding down the mountain, and her husband's trying to... Oh, no. And I just, we just gotten back to the car, and I said to my partner, I said, Rick, quick, take my yak track and run him up to her. And he did, and, um, you know, he was just hanging on to her. So when she got those on, she could just walk right down the trail like nothing. Excellent. So fantastic. And, um, you know, when we have that real sheer ice and the high winds and the fluffy snow and then just pure ice underneath, it's treacherous, and we have had people fall. Matter of fact, this, uh, we're also distributing them, distributing them to the locals here. Uh, the postmistress here in Cannonball, uh, her husband fell about a month ago when he was out in the yard doing things because of the ice, and he ended up in the hospital with a uh, badly hurt hip and knee. And then I found out this morning, and I'm just heartbroken about this, but the wonderful uh, Standing Rock member, uh, woman who runs the senior center, which is all here in the Cannonball uh, community compound or, or media um, center, is tucked in a little room off the gym. Um, her husband just fell in the ice and broke his neck, and oh he's my. in the hospital. And he can move his fingers, and that you know mm. that's wonderful. But um, elders have fallen, so we're getting these uh, yak tracks distributed. That's why uh, I couldn't get on the show later. I need to do that while we still have light out, and I'm giving another friend a ride in. We're about three miles from the actual camp here, but it's been um, a good spot where the media can, you know have the computers so that we can get out there into the world and, and work with the website and all of that communications <clears throat> right. and easily get to camp. And when you called in to the Common Thread Collective a couple of weeks back, we were talking about the media camp as, as, as not only just a hub for media in terms of getting out, um, you know, communication about what's going on in the camp and, and various actions, but also kind of using it as almost a legal center as well, right? There's a, where there's kind of legal resources or... or in, um, yes, uh, somewhat. We have one sister who's working on a class action lawsuit, and she's been just diligent, diligently doing research and documenting and putting all that together since the whole time I've been here in September. She works on it day and night, every night, day and night, and collaborating with others. And then we have the legal team at camp, and their focus is more on the actions mm-hmm. and making sure that uh, if people are uh, detained or put in jail, <clears throat> that they get out, that they get bailed out, and that they get legal help. And so that's more their focus. So there's a couple different things going on uh, on the legal levels. and. We're more strictly media, but because we're right next to the gym, um, when all the veterans came, we got 15 minutes notice. Guess what? There's a busload of veterans. They're going to arrive in 15 minutes. We knew nothing about it. Wow. They're staying with you all on the gym floor. (laughs) Because there were, how many veterans actually came out there? I know. I am not, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the number that I heard that was kind of the most... Um, kind of circulated number that I heard was about 3,000. I don't know if that's an accurate assessment or a, an overstatement or an understatement. You know, I think that probably is a good a good estimate, actually. Mm-hmm. I do. And um, some of them stayed in Fort Yates, which is about 30 miles from here. And, you know, they were centered there. And then I think they came in in buses on that weekend, especially... And we had a whole busload, a busload or two of them here in in the gym, and we were all sleeping on the, you know, the the benches, the bleachers, and on the floor, and we set up cots and everything. And then at the same time, it also became a, an emergency shelter that Sunday night. Uh, we got the the Cannonball Gym was designated as a, an emergency shelter for people, so we were bringing people up from camp and. 
it was wild. We this place was just full, and we figured out how to feed people and did the best we could, and and still keep our media crew going in the back room as uh, efficiently as we could. And oh, I loved having the veterans here. There were very many Native veterans, fantastic Native uh, veterans from a lot from the Southwest. And I've lived out in New Mexico and Arizona for 15 years, and. And very close with the Diné and Hopi people that I worked with uh, during the 70s and 80s with the um, the relocation, you know, fighting the relocation, and that's still going on, by the way, um, in big mountain area. And um, so anyway, then some of them I met. A, I met a young woman this morning in the bathroom here, and she was raised at Big Mountain, and she was at the Sundances there, and I was at the Sundances there helping out, and. My daughter, who's now 30, <clears throat> her very first memory was seeing at Big Mountain. And uh, at, we did a summer camp for traditional Diné and Hopi people, a lot of the supporters and the, the Diné and Hopi elders and, and, and mothers. And we did beading, and they did the beading and weaving, and we did um, ceramics, and I did printmaking, and we had a lot of different great activities for the kids. And at the end... Uh, the elders uh, did a feast for all of us, and a central part of that was um, traditionally doing the ceremony to slaughter a goat. And Angel was just two years old, and uh, she told me that she's been here volunteering for for three weeks. Uh, just embedded her right into the with the with the web work on the web and stuff because she's uh, really a whiz at all of that. And she said, "Mom, that was my first memory." And that goat, and that was slaughtered. that was in the southwest. You saying? Yeah, yeah. And so all the a lot of these veterans from the southwest, and there's a southwest camp here at Ocheti too, and a lot of folks who are Dene and Hopi and um, Havasupai and Tohon uh, Autumn, and you know a lot of the southern tribes. So so there's just been so many different people here, and um, I wanted to. I wanted to ask you um, earlier. You mentioned that there was a women's tent uh, at the yeah. at the main camp. Is that is that what, is that correct? That's right. There's a, a women's camp. Oh, it's a it's a nice uh, big army tent, and it's, it's for women specifically. And we also have now a very uh, strong and powerful women's security crew, and they have um, they're on the. Uh, the walkie-talkies, they have their own channel, and they're a wonderful woman I met just the other morning. Her name is Blue Lightning, and she's a, just a terrific woman. Uh, she's doing a, a meditation circle at the healing center in a 16-foot yard every morning at 10 o'clock, and all women, women are invited. There's a, a meditation and then kind of a discussion group for a little while. And then now also uh, on Thursdays in the Dome in the afternoon is a self-defense class. And uh, also we now have these wonderful um, composting toilets. And they're great. And there's a big old wood stove in them. It's kind of a happening, nice, really nice place. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a whole bunch of different stalls right there near the main medical area. And uh, you can have... For security, say if you go in in the middle of the night, you can have someone will escort you back to your camp. Um, so we're doing a lot of things to make sure that women feel safe and um, are taken care of. You know, and this this is a place where you know it's also a reflection of the world. And sometimes people come and they have their problems and they have their addictions, and the security does the best they can to make sure. There's no alcohol or drugs coming into the camp, but the casino is eight miles away, and they do allow alcohol there. So this is something we have to be really vigilant about. Right. The women are taking a strong stand that, you know, we're not putting up with any monkey business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, you know, and the traditional Native women are very strong. They are leading this, and those of us as allies are being supporting and and we're all working together on this, and this is just a part of life, you know. So we're all working on that together, and it's coming along great, and I'm just honored, honored to be here, honored to support. Um, it's absolutely wonderful. And uh, 
you know, there's transition going on. There may be uh, one of the things we've been discussing, and this, you know, of course, should have thought people thought about this months and months ago. A lot of the Ochetti is in the floodplain, and sometimes it floods, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes uh, it can flood very quickly, and if there, if the ice builds up and builds up and builds up, and creates an ice dam. The, uh, the river can break through that dam and uh, flood the floodplain in 45 minutes. And if that happens at 4 o'clock in the morning, there'll be no moving camp at that point. So there's a lot of talk about because of <clears throat> the potential of flooding, and we've gotten a ton of snow already, and it's only the, you know January 6th, that it may be a really good idea to move the camp up to higher ground. <clears throat> and- so there's... Um, discussion about that and the tribal mm-hmm. council is discussing it and there's a lot of things up in the air and I have no idea exactly what's going to happen but there's a lot of good positive potential for um, being even further supportive of the community as allies but having them you know leading the whole thing and that's the position that we need to be in not to come in and say oh we should do this or that but to let the indigenous folks here make the decisions and we be assisting in whatever way we can. And so I feel things are, are you know, working out just exactly as they're supposed to. And I'm um, content to wait and see what happens and help in any way I can. And that's my, and I am no spokesperson for anybody or anything, but just uh, someone who's, who's helping out and doing what I can as I can. And so... And, and I'm happy to be getting the yak tracks out and uh, working with the, the women's security and communication, and that's what I've been focusing on. And and I certainly uh, we certainly appreciate you calling in to give your perspective from on the ground and um, along the lines of kind of what's to come. I mean, I from from. What I understand, we've got uh, North Dakota has a new governor who supports the pipeline and has asked people to move out of that area, um, citing that there is potential flooding uh, that could come in the spring. And um, and also that some of the local tribal leadership has kind of asked folks to disperse. Um, so it, what, what do you see as as happening at least at this point i mean how many people are still there and and of those people who are still there at the at the camps uh how many are the native indigenous from either from that area or or visiting tribes and uh what about you know other allies and such um what do you see as as happening in the next you know couple weeks or so with some of the tribe members saying, you know, please go home, or the, and the governor saying, please go home. Um, what what seems to be the the spirit of things uh, surrounding that right now? Well, it's quite a um, an era of transition, and everybody has different opinions. And uh, yes, there was a tribal council meeting just very recently, and I've heard a couple different folks who were there and others and you know it's just sometimes it's almost like a gossip game you have to take people what they have to say with a grain of salt and until i get like three or four people discussing something i'm not going to say oh it's this way or that way because rumors can fly rampantly that's for sure right um i feel that there is a really strong um group of folks who are here to um to be allies to be to be helping in whatever way we can and that the traditional elders, I am completely behind what they decide and what they want. And I do think it's uh, moving towards, in my opinion, I think it's likely that we will move. And a lot of the shelters down there um, <clears throat> were made so that they can be moved easily. And we were, we were asked not to dig into the ground because it's a sacred area. And teepees move, uh, tents move yurts move and uh, there is some land that has been offered by the tribe a 50 acre piece that is quite that's a lot of room and that could potentially be a wonderful place to have the encampment to go on because we're still here to kill the black snake 
And that's why we're here. We don't want that pipeline going under the Missouri River. And those of us who are committed to that are willing to work with whatever energies and in whatever way we can. And I'm, I feel very patient. I feel very happy to be here. And I feel that the right decisions are being made. People are getting a lot tighter. Um, people who um, need to leave, leave. Those who want to stay here, I'm committed for the duration. Um, I'm happy to be here, and I take my guidance from the traditional uh, Standing Rock and Native people that are here. And we have some very fine leaders, Native leaders, uh, Johnny and John Bigelow, and uh, Chase Iron Eyes has, has been very active. And, um, and now I really see the women, the women leaders coming forward, like Blue Lightning and uh, LaDonna and... Um, Paula is on the tribal council, and I'm getting to know her better. I just met her recently, so um, I see just great potential for us to still be able to be um, active, you know, um, making sure that that water is protected, and that being more involved with the folks here for their benefit. So that's what I see happening. And and how many people are still? camped out there <clears throat> there's a couple thousand that's my guess yeah that's amazing i mean i remember when i mean just just kind of how this uh, the camp has been or you know was kind of building up for a long time and uh i think when we talked maybe in october or so you know there were kind of a, a few hundred people and then by mid-November, there were a few thousand people. So, I mean, I, I'm kind of uh, with you in the sense of um, that I think that there's a lot of people who are still, other, you know, in addition to the folks who are still there, but there's still a lot of people who are very committed to um, killing the black snake, as we put it, um, stopping the pipeline. And, and I really think that if there's more action taken if there's more you know uh, assaults from from the uh, law enforcement or if there's some new uh, you know move uh, from the governor or uh, the new governor or the new presidential administration that's supposed to go into office soon um, I, I I really do believe that that the people who were there and have left if they can they'll go back so um, it's a really you know it was just such a a fascinating movement to see grow because it became this, it has become this international uh, outcry um, for clean water and environment, you know, positive environmental um, policy. And um, I've heard people referred to the Standing Rock Sioux uh, water protector camp as like the heart of the world right now. And everybody's eyes are on it. And so um, I know that you're doing a lot of great work out there, and I hope that uh, your uh, relations with all the folks out there continue to blossom and, and grow in all these great ways that you've told us um, about the, the women stepping forward, the the media centers, the all the collaboration, um, Organic Valley sending out all of those, uh, what do you call them? <laughs> I'm showing my yak, ignorance. Yak. Yeah, and, and yak what? Donate wonderful <laughs> donations of food that have come every two to three weeks since last summer. They're amazing. Um, Organic Valley is awesome. Then they sp so they much. they support Diamond Dave's here. We're at the common at the Common Thread Collective show, and it's been great to be connected with them. It's nice to see a successful uh, business uh, contribute <laughs> what they can, and uh, and the, and they work on the collective model as well, which is kind of the model of the of the camps out there. So, Feather, I know you're doing a lot of great work, and I'm and uh, thank you so much for taking time to call into Mutiny Radio when you can. Yeah. Can you hear the kids playing basketball? I can. <laughs> I can. I'm glad the kids are playing basketball. <laughs> so, um, Feather, perhaps we'll we'll get you to call in again next Friday, um, but I know we'll, we'll be in touch between then and now. You know, and and let people know this is this is just my opinion and what I'm observing from from my perspective of the work that I'm doing here. But I'm feeling, you know. Really, the heart of the world. I, it's you know, it's prayerful. Uh, we're you know, we really honor the spiritual traditions of the Lakota 
Dakota, Dakota people, and it's coming through prayer, it's coming through the elders, and 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 clear communication, and people working together in the unity, and it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. You know, it's challenging at times, of course, you know, but that's how we grow and how we learn. That is a great way to end this segment. Feather, thank you so much for calling in to be my guest on Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. And uh, stay warm, and we wish you the best. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. And have a beautiful, beautiful weekend and a lovely winter. Thank you. Same to you. Happy New Year. When uh, the going gets tough, tough cuddle closer up here in North Dakota. It's one degree today. Well, cuddle up, everybody. That's a good message for the day. (laughs) All right. right. Peace, Feather. Thank you so much. Uh Bye-bye. Well, you heard it here, folks, on Women's Magazine. Uh, That's our friend Feather out there, who is a consummate worker and community builder. Uh, She actually called in not this past summer, but the summer before in 2015, because she's part of the Rainbow family that Diamond Dave is uh, an elder in uh, that community. And uh, they had been in the Black Hills of South Dakota in the summer of 2015 um, for their annual Rainbow family gathering. And there was a bit of contention with the local uh, local tribes members there, you know, kind of saying, who are all these hippies coming up into these lands? Um, <laughs> of course, <laughs> there's always going to be a little bit of that. Um, but so there was a, a fair amount of skepticism about what the rainbow gathering was going to be all about. But it turns out that a lot of the, a lot of the native local f- folks went and were a part of it. And what came out of that 2015 gathering in the Black Hills was the Lakota Rainbow Alliance. And so Feather actually called in summer 2015 to talk about it. And we talked to um, some of the elders there, uh, grandmothers like Loud Hawk. Um, that's an, it, she's in South Dakota. And um, uh, the other the other names are escaping me now. It was a year and a half ago. But um, it's it's really interesting to have the perspective of, of folks who have, who are making cultural inroads and connections uh, well in advance of this ramped up effort to stop the Dakota Access Pipeline, uh, which Energy Transfer Partners still would like to build, which the new governor of North Dakota, because Dow Rimple's out, um, the new, the new uh, governor of North Dakota, I think his name is, what's his name? Burgum. Uh, a Republican, um, and he supports the completion of the pipeline and um, reiterated the position of law enforcement officials who have said that many of the demonstrators were from outside North Dakota and had undercut genuine concerns over water rights. Um, That was a quote from uh, a Reuters article. But as we can see, the as uh, the struggle continues and the community builds. And so that's that's the word from Standing Rock, North Dakota, uh, Osedi Sakawin Camp. Peace to all of you water protectors. I'm Global Val. You're listening to Women's Magazine on mutinyradio.fm. Here's a little more music, and I'll be back in just a few minutes to wrap up the show. Cierra los ojos. Vuela hacia mí. Resolvamos el misterio. No tengas miedo, no, solo sé tú, te confieso un secreto, que hay un lugar cerca del mar, donde mi amor siempre es eterno, en el tiempo.
Thank you for listening to Women's Magazine. This is Global Val. Quick note, um, as the new Congress took took uh, took their place <laughs> this week, um, you may or may not heard of heard about the little scandal that happened uh, just to just to set the tone for the uh, for the new Congress. Um, so there was a Republican conference that had a closed door meeting um, that was trying uh, making an attempt to to uh, to uh, to essentially gut is a good word. Um, it's being thrown around a lot. The Office of Congressional Ethics, uh, which is an independent investigative body designed to root out corruption. Uh, so the OCE was founded in 2008 after a lot of uh, scandals involving the lobbyist Jack Abramoff, um, who was just blatantly, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, fluffing um, the pillow's and, and bottoms of, of many, many uh, members of Congress. And so the... Um, the the Office of Congressional Ethics uh, was set up to um, investigate um, corruption of Congress members. So uh, just the other night, right the the, the evening before the uh, new Congress was to meet and vote on the new rules, um, there was a measure put forward by the Republican conference um, that would uh, essentially. Um, Take apart the whole system of uh, of independent oversight of of this committee. Um, basically, 